produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston. Welcome to Kind World. I'm Andrea Aswahi. And I'm Yasmin Amr. Andrea, when's the last time you wrote someone a letter, like an actual handwritten letter? So I think it was probably, it has to have been maybe like a thank you card for a gift or something like that. Ooh, okay. Yeah, thank you notes are common. The last time I wrote a letter, actually, I wrote it to my husband for our anniversary. Oh, um, yeah, that's I cute. thought it would be nice. That's I cute. Thought, <laughs> I thought it would be a little different because I wasn't really sure what to get him. So I was like, why not a really heartfelt letter? And it was actually really nice to just sit down and think about all the reasons why I adored him. And yeah, it was just a really nice gesture. I think he I think he appreciated it. I'm certain that he did. So I, I do highly recommend like occasionally sitting down and writing somebody your feelings But I will say it is kind of a long lost form of art. There are a lot of kids, younger generations, who may not actually know how to write a letter or send a letter. I know this personally because I once asked my teen brother if he could mail something and he had no idea what a return address was. He wasn't even sure, sadly, what our zip code was. But the art is not lost on one kid. Writing letters is something that 11-year-old Emerson Weber of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, does on a daily basis. It helps her de-stress, express herself, feel less lonely, and even more so now that she's stuck at home because of the pandemic. It kind of takes my mind off of other things, and I can just talk to somebody through a letter. Emerson started writing letters a couple of years ago, mostly to other kids, also some adults, like her librarian— But it was one recent letter from Emerson that got a lot of attention. Yeah, I didn't know his name at first. It was, we just knew his face. We just knew that he was the same person every day delivering our mail. Emerson is talking about her mail carrier, Doug Scott, who's been delivering her family's mail for about three years now. And I really just wanted him to know he was appreciated for doing the work that he does. So she decided to write Doug a letter. Hi, I'm Emerson. You may know me as the person that lives here that writes a lot of letters and decorates the envelopes. Well, I wanted to thank you for taking my letters and delivering them. You are very important in my life. I make people happy with my letters, but you do too. The reason you are very important right in my now, life Doug says he and other mail carriers are busier than ever delivering more packages to people stuck at home. The times we're going through right now, everybody's kind of stressed out, and it just uh, really made my day to get a nice long letter. I just sat and read it, and I was like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I got notes and uh, thank yous, but I've never got a full page and a half letter before. (laughs) Doug shared Emerson's letter with his supervisor who then shared it with postal service workers across the country in their newsletter. No one expected what came next. Emerson was flooded with letters from mail carriers across the country, who wanted to thank her for being so thoughtful. And now that the word's kind of spread, I'm still getting letters from mail carriers, but more just normal people. We're talking about 20 to 30 letters per day. Some included gifts, like stickers and stamps. Others say a simple thank you. And there were a few personal stories from these essential workers. Here's Emerson's dad, Hugh Weber. 
So we heard lots of stories of loneliness, that they work alone or that their kids are far away. We heard a lot of stories of isolation. Um, so I saw this kind of sense of it is um, so human to need to be seen and known and loved. When I write letters, I tell people a joke. I have one for you. Why do you never see elephants hiding in trees? Answer, because they are really good at it. I hope you like it. Anyway, sorry about my spelling. I am working on it. Well, I have to go. I'm writing this at 9 o'clock, and it is my bedtime. Thank you for everything you do. Bye. Sincerely, Emerson. As you can imagine, Emerson's staying busy responding to a lot of people who wrote to her. And there's one piece of mail that particularly stands out. Emerson usually likes to end her letters with this tidbit. P.S. My favorite singer is Taylor Swift. After we spoke, Hugh reached back out to share an exciting update. A package recently arrived, stuffed with a couple of sweatshirts, along with a floral envelope containing a handwritten letter from Emerson's favorite singer. Yep, Taylor Swift. And what did she say? Well, that she admired Emerson's sense of empathy, her curiosity about the feelings of strangers, and the fact that Emerson writes letters to people who don't expect a thank you. We'll be back with more Kind World after the break. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow on point wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Kind World. I'm Andrea Aswahe. So, Yasmin, Emerson's story is so fun, it's so sweet. But I think a big part of what makes it really special is that it's such a small act. It's really something all of us can do. Any of us can write a letter. But it's produced tremendous ripples of kindness and compassion far wider than Emerson could have imagined. Yeah, and we often hear about the power of small but profound acts of kindness from our listeners. And they can be as small as a few encouraging words. This week, we want to share a voicemail we got from one of our listeners— Becky Hayes in Michigan, who wanted to tell her story. Here's Becky. My story of kindness is I was uh, growing up and ended up dropping out of high school, um, just shy of my 16th birthday. I was getting bullied at school and I was getting abused at home and ended up running away. Um, My grades went from A's and B's to F's in uh, about about a year. And as I was dropping out of school, I went to talk to my English uh, teacher slash track coach, and I had told him that I was leaving, and he looked me right in the eye and said, "Um, promise me that you'll go back. Promise me that this isn't going to be the end for you, not with that smart mind. Promise that you will uh, go do something good with the world. And I always remembered it. I never went back to, to school, um, high school, but or got a GED, but I have an associate's 
and a bachelor's and a master's and a PhD. Because for one small minute, I felt that somebody saw me and cared about me and saw that I was smart and I could do something. Thank you so much for calling and telling us your story, Becky. And remember that you can share your story with us, too, by calling and leaving us a voicemail at 617-353-6350. Thanks for listening to Kind World this week. Check out our Instagram for more on this episode and a look into how we make the show. We're at WBUR Kind World. Kind World is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station. Paul Vikas and Matt Reed do our sound design. Sophie Eisenberg is our WBUR fellow. Catherine Brewer is our managing producer and editor. And Iris Adler is our executive producer. I'm reporter and producer Yasmin Amar. And I'm reporter and producer Andrea Aswahe. We'll be back with a full episode of Kind World next Tuesday. But on Friday, we'll have another listener voicemail drop in your feed. So you can start your weekend off with our bonus moment of kindness. If you've got a story for us, call 617-353-6350 and leave us a voicemail. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.